0: Rocksteady announced a new game.
1: No soup for you. Shout out to the people who understood that reference. You know who you are. But welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing
0: you guys Lucky Episode 174
1: 174. If this is your first time watching us, stick around to the end of the episode where you can find out where you can find us on social media, where to find the episode and listen or watch every week. Uh, but we like to start to show off the nice cordial way that we always do as is tradition. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that South Park episode, but it's where they're going up to Canada and everything is as is tradition and it's all crazy stuff. Like, of course, we have to bathe in the Jello pudding or whatever. It's it's something ridiculous, though. I don't guess but I've ever seen that. It's a great episode. I'm not going to go to the craziest ones, because this is a family-friendly show for the most part. But, saw what have you been up to? I actually took a
0: brief break from gaming this week. I noticed. Um, <laughs> I hadn't really played anything up until Friday. Yeah. And Friday, I played a little bit of The Forest, Friday night. And then last night, I played a little bit more of The Forest. <laughs> and that's kind of all I've played. Like... I only played because I had buddies playing. Um so I'm just kinda one of those weird uh breaks on I'm on right now and I'm just I don't really feel interested in playing anything. Nothing really sounds interesting Except for Ghost. And I thought about starting Ghost today. I've been saying that for like three weeks now, but <laughs> I, I really We have a three day weekend coming up in like a month mm-hmm. for Labor Day. And I really kinda wanna start it on Uh, That Friday Maybe uh, Get home that Friday night And start it And then have it finished In that break Games like Ghost I actually prefer to play When I have a big Brief of time off Or start I should say Because I really get to Sink my teeth into it But um, Yeah Other than that I've just Just the forest um, What have you been playing?
1: Well Last night I got the Platinum in the forest Finally Yes I was there Um, for that And apparently You were talking Crap behind my back And telling Eric That I was cheating Some more but you were fine. that you were there when I said that. Well, the cheating because of the island thing I was has been a long running. No, joke, no, 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 no. You were there when, when you you must have not heard me. It doesn't matter anyway. I, I I was just messing. I was about to say the way I went about getting some of the more annoying final trophies, ones that really are just it almost makes you wonder why they thought it was a good idea. Like if you told me walk fifty thousand steps, but you've been counting across all my characters since I started playing, the, or even one character. Yeah, like I've I've probably walked fifty thousand steps on my main character. But since I didn't have the pedometer, it doesn't count it. And I was like, well, that's so dumb. You have to go get this item and then walk 50,000 steps that it has to count. So while uh, really this week I played less games, I've been doing a music production class. That's a couple of hours every night. And I've been giving it a couple more hours every night because I'm trying to really learn as much as I can from it. So the first night I was like, I'm going to go run on creative where I can't die. Get the pedometer and then just sit in that cave and just spin in circles with rubber bands tied around my analog sticks to get to 50,000 steps, uh, which I did. And then I noticed once the next morning when I double checked it, because it took a while to get there, and I woke up to go to work and saw, it, I said, okay, that's not bad. But it said 19 days survived. So I thought, well, that's pretty That's pretty far into the 100 already. So I just decided to keep my PlayStation on all day while I was at work, come home at lunch, check it, switch out my controller so that the charge was good, go back to work, come home from... <laughs> and just kind of keep that cycle up and playing and keep saving it and then playing little pockets of Ghost of Tsushima between it. But I got the 100 Days Trophy for surviving 100 days without finding your son. And then last night I knocked out Finding All the Dead Passengers exploring all the caves cause I only had two caves that I had not explored on my main character and then went into creative and started blowing the hell out of a lot of trees and got to a thousand trees all on my own for, and it took about an hour and 20.
0: Did you not hear me last night? Nah. When you're like, you said, you said I got the platinum and I think I said, congratulations. And Eric said, congratulations. And I said, I see you didn't rub out, run out of rubber bands.
1: I didn't hear See, you.
0: See, I was talking mess the entire time you were doing it. I am just doing it
1: very underhandedly. I don't care. <laughs> with, hopes,
0: with hopes that you would catch on or hear me.
1: That's my rarest platinum, 0.3%. That is a
0: very rare platinum.
1: Uh, uh, Terraria did go up a little. It was 0.3. It's 0.4 now.
0: I wonder why, like, I wonder why that is. I, I guess it hit a sale, and then some people decided to hop into it.
1: Well, it's weird, right? Because the platinum is based off of if you've ever gotten a trophy in the game that's the amount of people that it counts. So if you've oh. played the game and gotten a single trophy, you're part of the, the trophy's percentage. Pl- so out of everybody who's played the game, that means that if you 0.4% of the people who have ever earned a single trophy went on to get to platinum. Gotcha. So more people have just platinum the game, be it sales or more people just getting into it and finally doing what I did and taking years to platinum the game. Who knows? I
0: still, uh, I told you, uh, install Staltoria, like, Two Mm -hmm. weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I looked at the platinum list. It's um, have your world 50% corrupt, corrupt, Uh, 50% hollow. I think I got the hollow one.
1: I think it's one. Honestly, you can probably, as long as you find the slime, you can probably come into my world as long as it's still.
0: That was the other one was get the rainbow slime. There was like one more. Oh, the pets.
1: All I'm missing pets. three. Well, I had all the pets, but you know, that's one of those trophies they that changes. It. If they add more pets into the game, you have to get them for mm-hmm. the ticker to go off, which is kind of annoying, which I also get, though. I mean, because like, the game was probably a lot easier to platinum when it first came out.
0: So that's 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 the next game we should all play after Force is go back into Terraria. I love Terraria. I do, too. I will get
1: very lost in that game. Uh, so I'm perfectly fine with that. But the other thing I did was beat Ghost of Tsushima. And have started my trophy cleanup, even though I've not looked at the trophies a single time. I just beat the game and started cleaning up all the things I had not gotten around to yet. Rate it out of 10. Rate it out of 10. Right now, uh, I think I'm like a a 9.5 out of 10. It's really good. And it kind of surprised me. At certain parts before, I was like, well, this is really good, but like an 8.5 or a 9. I was like, that's still really good. And... Then as I kept playing, because at first the story I was a little worried was not going to be as gripping as I was hoping for, but the crazy thing about this game, and I'm not going to say too much, but the crazy thing about this game is it does a really great job of, I guess I would say, accentuating morality and the grayness between what can be considered good and bad, and for excuse me the gray the gray area between as to why you may be doing one or the other i can see that being a nice trend in that game and what's crazy about that is you know from what i've told you and i know you played a little bit of it or at least watched seth play it one of my biggest complaints about um second son was that it handled morality in one uh, of the absolute worst ways that a which, sucker punch game has done which is crazy for a game based on morality in a sense exactly that's what's crazy to me is a series that is based with morality as a center core mechanic of the game did a worse job than a game that does not really focus on morality as a gameplay mechanic, more so as a thematic undertone. You know, and this this game does a fantastic job of kind of playing the spectrum, putting things into a where you see situations and what people do and you understand more of why they're doing it, and you also feel more like it's a human way of going about it. Whereas all of Second Sun was this like, I'm a bad guy. We're go- I'm going to say that we're going to do a bad thing and we're going to go do a bad thing. and Or I'm a good guy. I'm going to go say we're going to go be good guys and we're going to go be good guys. And not that it was bad. I mean, Second Son's gameplay is still top-notch, but the story that's interweaved within it, at least as it comes to morality, I think the overarching story about the you know the final boss and everything kind of works, but the in-between story that moves from character to character that you're meeting up with and, and kind of toying with, and then ultimately how that affects one big moment of the game, it makes it hard to be believable. And this game actually, I, I didn't just full on cry or anything, but I did actually tear up at three specific parts in this game. And each one of them surprised me because that's kind of where, as I was getting closer to the end of the game, and I noticed that the last mission was coming up, one of them hit earlier um, going into act three and then as I was getting to where I noticed it was the last mission of the game, I pulled back and said, I'm going to go and kind of just do a couple of the things I've been ignoring through exploration or doing the main quest. And I went and did a couple of the side tales, which are, it's weird. The game has got side quests, but then it's also got an in-between between what you would consider a side quest and a main quest, where there are people's tales. So you meet up with a bunch of people. Telling day's gone. Kinda. So you'll, you'll meet up with a, certain people that are kind of like your your allies throughout the game, and you'll start doing stuff with them, and you'll see their tail. And what I love about it is you can see the number of tails you have with that person. So it'll say tail one out of nine. And then oh. as you keep going, you see two out of nine. So you know how it's going to progress. Yeah. Um, and by the time that you get into all that, I decided to go back and kind of play a couple of those, because I, I view them as a little bit more like the Witchers, like the Baron side quest, where it's more than just a typical side quest. It's more involved, it's got a a bigger emotional story arc, it's a longer quest line than the side quests that are one-off quests, and so I went and finished one of those, that also really hit me, and then the final, the way that they kind of handled the end of the game, it's just so thematically on point, that it's amazing that they had the restraint to do that, and I really, I'm excited for you to play it and beat it, because I'm really curious as to where it hits you after... The Last of Us failing to interest you enough for you to play it so early. Th- there's you know something
0: I mean? interesting I found out, or not even found out, but I recognized about that in other series that I won't say on the show. Because if I say on the show, a certain event will happen, and I don't want that to happen wow. specifically to me. It sounds very vague. It does sound very vague. But I, I, I'll tell you after the show. Okay. But it's something I've noticed about certain kinds of media and the way that people act around them. So we'll get into it in after the In regards to what I just said? No, but more so about what you said about The Last of Us, or not even more so, but it it kind of sparked that thought when you said that about The
1: Last of Us. Oh, well, I mean, I think I said it maybe last week, but if not, it is amazing just how different. A lot of people have thought about, like, you know, if you look at this game just really vaguely and just say, what is it? Well, it's a third-person action-adventure game. One's open world, so it's inherently a little different. But yeah. The Last of Us is pretty wide open. No, a I, don't even, I don't even oh, mean a uh, comparison. This is, yeah, but this is just a different thing. But it is crazy to me, as you're finishing off the thing, there is that thing, and I do hold a little bit of that sentiment that Sony does need to do a little bit more to uh, give variety to its first-party stable. And just in general, what exclusives it brings, because they've been they've come to be known as the third person action adventure thing. Even if it's tied into third person shooter or third person action adventure, third whatever it is that they do, they do have exclusives that if you look at them very far off, you can see why they look similar. But once you start to get into them, The Last of Us Two and Ghost are such different games to end this generation out on that it, honestly, I think it was a good idea to do it this way. Yeah. And originally I was a little bummed that Ghost got pushed back so far. But what I've loved about this generation so far is you've kind of had this push and pull once they started doing Horizon as like their open world action adventure thing, which was a little bit more rare at the time. So you have a game like Uncharted 4 and The Order, but then you have Horizon. Then you get something that's a little bit more pulled back. And like even Spider-Man being open world, it feels decidedly different as an open world game than something that's a little bit more. Uh, I, I think maybe it's just the being in the city thing. Cause even second son kind of exists in that realm of, even though second son and ghost of Tsushima really have a lot in common being open world games. They feel so different from each other, mainly just because of the setting and how you're going to design a game around that setting. Yeah. So I really liked the way that PlayStation's exclusives have flowed that way. Um, but really, it's amazing just how different these games are and how game-focused one of them is. As great as Tsushima is on all the other things, I think half of what makes it exist so strong in my mind is just how great the core gameplay is.
0: Yeah, and I think, honestly, I, I really still wish that that they would make two more exclusive areas more powerful for them mm-hmm. as first-person shooters. Having a good first-person shooter that tells me a good story they haven't had that in a while,
1: which it used to be their thing, and that's kind of the you know. I had a conversation Resistance. with Ryan on uh, on uh, Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, uh-uh. where he was saying that he doesn't think that PlayStation necessarily needs to try and carve their own niche in the first person shooter territory because they they already have great first person shooters on their console that are third party. But but to me, I actually everybody has those though. exactly. But, and I even brought up to me, I think that because just because. You haven't done it in a while, and those people who are doing it competently on your console doesn't mean you should try and carve in your own niche and do it to the highest ability that you can. And the reason I say that is there are a ton, an absolute ton, of third-person action adventure games that are third-party. But PlayStation yeah. still does it exclusively. every game. Yeah, exactly. And PlayStation still does it exclusively and kills it every time, for, yeah. for the most part. So... I think that there's no reason they shouldn't be able to compete in that first person shooter zone. Here's another one I have. It's going to be a, a wild ball. Okay. Name one genre
0: that you do not see used exclusively. And there's only one or two main games that take over this entire genre at a third party level. RTS. Yes. Yeah. You have civilization. Though
1: that- you technically do have that with uh, halo wars. Halo Wars well, is Halo one Wars of these first. Made call- in- well, Halo Wars 2 came out, what, two years ago?
0: No. Three years ago? No. Like six years ago. No, no, no. Halo Wars 2. Halo ca- Wars 2 came out like 2015. No. Had to have. 17. Three
1: years ago. I thought
0: that game was old. I thought that game no. came out on 360 it was, at Because it least. was
1: Creative Assembly, which was actually really cool. Uh, because Creative Assembly is the people behind Total War.
0: Yeah. Which, I don't know if you know this, Total War. You know what that is, don't you? What? Warhammer.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised.
0: Um, but and, they're just uh, it's a crazy. very renowned studio. So I was telling you that I was wanting to learn how to play Warhammer and stuff. It's crazy to realize there's so much stuff that is Warhammer. You, I did not know. Like, the Vermintide series is Warhammer. Yeah. Did not know that. I never played them. I just kind of looked at them. That, that dumb-looking football game that, uh, Jonathan, that plays. Jonathan plays. It's like... Um, Blood Bowl or whatever it's called. Yeah, blood bowl. Blood bowl. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a that's a Warhammer thing. Yeah.
1: No, it's got they've uh, they've had Warhammer and then they have had the Warhammer Marines, the 40k Marines. It's a, a long See running the, series.
0: The the starter set I'm getting is going to be 40k. There's actually an Age of. Dang it! Now I said that. If you are a Warhammer fan and you listen to us, let me know because um, your boy is getting into it. I just the set I was going to buy um. This is mildly gaming talking. This is tabletop, so this kind of works with the podcast. Um, I was going to get the... I don't really know how you say it. It's Mechanist
1: or Machinist. I can't... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I could see that. Or Mechanist. I mean, who knows? Um, That's still a thing. You know, Mechanist. But Machinist is probably what it is.
0: um, But I was going to get that set there. And I think Kill Team is what it's called. It's... uh, That's actually a game. I didn't know that came out just now. It was a Warhammer game that came out two years oh, ago. Oh, Mechanicus. Mechanicus. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's like a adeptus Mechanicus or something like that. Is the is the uh yeah the adeptus Mechanicus?
1: Dude, there was a Warhammer there's a Warhammer game for almost every genre is what's crazy. There's a Warhammer game for almost every generation too. Yeah. At least one. Oh uh, no, there was a bunch of them on PS3. I never ended up playing them but we often got them free as PS Plus games so I have a bunch of them. See,
0: even if I never learn how to play this game, just to put these things together, the art is some of the coolest stuff in War in Warhammer. Yeah,
1: no, Warhammer is great. There's a guy who does CG stuff, and he did a little CG Warhammer video. Yeah, that it's, is sick. I can't know what it's called. Yeah, I can't uh, remember what it's called either. Asartes. Asartes, that's right. Yeah, or Asartis, uh, whatever.
0: Oh yeah, Asartis. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll go in the community's take. But to uh, well. yeah, if you play Warhammer, let let your boy know. Tell me what I should play. What what faction I should play? How <laughs> I should start? I was gonna buy a the kill team starter set. A Start Collecting Adeptus mechan- uh, Mechanicus set, and uh, the paint and stuff. Literally every single thing that I had except the paint was sold out uh, in the cart. Problem um, of
1: all hobbies right now, but definitely ones that are very focused from coming from China. <laughs> you know, These all- actually come from Canada. That's oh, even cooler. Yeah, this, this is uh, – I'm pretty sure that um, – I would have imagined those would be mass-produced in China. but it's, I mean, I don't know, I guess. Because, like you said, the detail on those is pretty... And they're expensive, so it, who knows? It is what it is. Uh, also, but, see, like, I
0: don't know if I need to be playing 9th edition that just came out, or 8th edition, because like, that's the the rulebook for this. Or not rulebook, but the class book.
1: I think it's like Dungeons & Dragons. You just roll with, with whichever one sounds the most fun to you at any given time. Yeah. So I, That's health. what I would try and do. So All right, well, we're going to go ahead and move into the community's take... And with that, it was a pretty loose, fun question. Saw asked, what dream feature, as crazy as it may be, that you don't really expect to be on PS5, but would love? Uh, So what's that dream feature that would just make you be like, day one, I'm grabbing that. If you weren't already, day one. Uh, So over on Discord, one of our patrons, Mr. Atlas Unchained, said, being able to play any PlayStation disc from any older generation, as well as access to the PS3, Vita, PSN store.
0: I have a crazy one for this that I can improve on this. There's going to be another comment uh, on Twitter that's going to be similar. What if you can use your PS Vita cartridges in the controller, like a Dreamcast thing?
1: Oh, man, that would be sick, actually. Just a little slot that you can pop it into. They pop it in the back of the controller. Controller would be weird, though, because then what would be happening? Would nah, it be that's, streaming? Nah, that's
0: the point. No, it would be playing. It just plays it over Bluetooth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, look. So here's the kind of difference between this and the Xbox thing of this, Future, right? Futuristic. I actually agree with him playing PlayStation disc. And the reason I bring that up is because for as cool as Xbox one's backwards compatibility is, it relies on internet because what happens is you have to put the disc in and then it downloads a digital copy. So if you're in an area where you don't have internet, the on, and I understand why Xbox ended up that way. The fact that they were able to get majority backwards compatibility at all is still a great thing. Not taking it from them, but the ideal situation would be what we had with PS two and early model PS threes, uh, And even the 360, I guess, at that point, where... It's not playing a digital version that it has to download in it's order to stream in the background. The actual disc, it's playing the actual disc, and that would be a huge boon for people who want to play these old games who are either in a bad, you know, bad areas of their individual country, or they happen to be in countries where they can get the console, but they have very inconsistent internet, if internet at all.
0: Speaking of that, I, we're gonna go with my favorite answer this entire in this entire thread, and that is also on Discord. That's Rude Days ninety three. He says, "Well, the PS five kind of looks like a router, so why don't I have built in Wi Fi? So I don't." have to worry about when my internet goes out every now and then and when I want to play online. So that's that's the cause like that's the solution right there. So your your PlayStation has its own wireless network ecosystem that you don't have to pay for. That's just there.
1: So here's here's the thing, right? And I guess technically like you said, you don't have to pay for he didn't clarify there, but when he, when I first read this, I love the like the creativeness behind it. But this has technically been done once before from PlayStation. It was not really... It didn't go over too well with people, nor did it really work as well as you'd want. I don't know if you remember the PlayStation Vita, but the very early models... Yeah, yeah had, I I've never heard of the PlayStation Vita. ...had 3G.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a lawsuit over that.
1: Uh, yes, and the lawsuit actually came from the fact that they tried to... I'm not going to say that they outright did it, but the implication behind the messaging and the commercials was that... You could play your game, remote well, play, yeah. via 3G, which does not have the speeds necessary to make that a reality. Yeah. Now, it kills me because they could have done it with the Slim, but I understand why they didn't at that point. Uh, but they could have technically built in a 4G Vita that I do think would have been able to competently do it, as well as allow people to competently stream PS Now. I don't know. Most like
0: Most, I'd say, average... 4g speeds around the around our area is like up to 70 to, to maybe 100 megabytes yeah. per down that's not the, that's not worth playing like or streaming on i don't think
1: well the thing is, is like right now right if you're doing projects x cloud like ps now ps now on phones if you if you choose to do it or uh, actually it, it's remote play on phones because ps now doesn't exist on phones but if you remote play on phones it has the same bare minimum requirement as PS now, which is five megabits per second, which is not good. No, but it's not something you would actually play where it becomes, where it becomes typically decently playable and, you know, works as a stream solution is in the 35 to 50 megabits per second.
0: Even then it's the the amount of input lag and, and, and stuttering you're going to get. Like, let's see, I'm going to go off. I I haven't had
1: nearly as many problems, but it just depends. Like you said, typically a 4g speed right now and specifically 4g LTE which yeah. is tr- what true 4z was supposed to be is around the 70s in our area there See, are places i'm, I'm getting down.
0: not even 40 right now yeah which, where I'm still
1: sitting. i do think that speed you could adequately for most games maybe not most but for at least for half some, of, for at least half of your games you could probably still do it fine that's why sony needs to revolutionize the rts so, market because you could play those games pretty well totally could so that would be cool but yeah the thing is, like, I'd be okay with that if they had it to where your PlayStation had a built-in Wi-Fi chip in it, like, I, like a, when you buy iPads that have built-in Wi-Fi, yeah, or built-in, sorry, not Wi-Fi, uh, but 14, built-in whatever. 4G, to where you can go to AT and T and say, hey, I want you to put this on it. And I think the cool setup would be if, if on a OS level, if they were able to have it to where, if it notices, like, technically your background data is always there, and if it notices that your Wi-Fi lapses for some reason, that background. Data starts to kick in immediately you never drop and then it pulls out as your background until your Wi-Fi comes back
0: I just thought of something better what if they made a Wi-Fi charging technology and that Wi-Fi so like right now say if I was connected to your Wi-Fi I would be charging a Wi-Fi signal inhibitor in my phone and if Wi-Fi was to cut out I would use energy that I was using from that Wi-Fi to keep my Wi-Fi on and using the rest of
1: that energy technically Impossible. Yes. But a really interesting take on the idea. It's like
0: it's like a UPS, but for Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's an For anybody who doesn't know UPS, it's uninterrupted power supply. Yes. Because I remember the first time I heard that like 10 years ago, and I was like, what? But, oh, yeah. I'm not expecting a package. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Over on Twitter, we've got Mr. No Fate, Sean One Neo, one of our patrons, who says, Where to begin? One- The end of in-game purchase. Now, that's wild. That is wild. And we're going to get into that in a little bit,
0: actually. Yeah, it's not going to happen, though, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) Remote play via PS Vita. I actually agree with this one. I think that if you've sold that for long enough and you want to get any kind of goodwill that you can get from PS Vita people, if you're already building in a, a CPU that is built to be PS4 backwards compatible, then why would you not go ahead and include the streaming chip that's on that, which is part of the... Twitch streaming chip, part of the PS Now chip, all that's worked and integrated together. You might as well include it. It would be it. essentially so cheap to include it in there, and it'd be an act of goodwill for all the people that own PS Vita's and love them that Sony more or less screwed over uh, in the long run. I think that that would go a long way with a very small group of people, but it's so, it's such a small cost, why not do it? Yeah. So I agree with that one. Third, he says the ability to gift digital games... Run, tail that. Yeah, that's hopefully a reality. Track individual trophy progress. Again, Hopefully run a reality. That. And finally, be like Jarvis from Iron Man and help run my house. We do not know. I don't know that I want a smart house situation. So I don't know if PS can do this,
0: but Xbox can. And using Amazon Echo, you can set up really, really, really cool commands with it.
1: Oh, with your system. Yes. Yeah, I think he's saying instead of an Amazon Echo, actually use your PlayStation 5. As your As Amazon like or your Google yeah, Hub. Yeah, but you're,
0: you're close with what the Xbox can do. Like, you could say Xbox Game Time, and Alexa will turn it on. You can buy these lights, like RGB lights that go, mm. in, and they go in with Alexa yeah. too, and you could program them all together. Yeah. This guy the... posted a video saying, like, Xbox Game Time, and his RGB lights turned to green, his TV came on, and his Xbox powered on.
1: So is that actually an Xbox thing, or is that something? The reason I bring that up is... You can set up voice commands where it's like activate this plug, this plug, and this plug. And what you could do is you can say, to activate that, I have to say Xbox game.
0: It, it is an Xbox thing in terms of Xbox actually supports that. You could probably buy smart plugs. That's what I'd say. That you could work with PlayStation, but it, it also would depend on. Because it just kills that
1: plug until you tell it to go.
0: Yeah, but will that turn the PlayStation on? Yeah, it could. And what? Like, I wonder what would if the PlayStation was in rest mode or if it was fully off. If that would
1: be well, actually, here's what here's what would, would happen. This is the way around it. It wouldn't actually be on the console level, but here's something that Xbox doesn't do that PlayStation does do that I love. On Xbox, no matter which one you have. There is no—I uh, can't remember exactly what it's called now—but there's no HDMI integration to where when your TV turns on, it tells your system to turn on. So right now, when I get home, if I turn my system on, it turns my TV on. If I turn well, Xbox my TV, does
0: do that, not just the reverse. I'm telling you, we've had this conversation. It was with it's and specifically I'm, with monitors.
1: And I'm telling you that I've looked it up, and it does not. I'm happen. telling you, it
0: has with my computer monitor. If I if I held my power button, my Acer computer monitor would power on.
1: So what that's probably doing is it's not actually a system on your Xbox's level. It's a system on your monitor level? It's a system on level. the monitor level. Oh, well. See, right now on PlayStation, it's both. My TV supports the ability to turn on uh, the item. See, the reverse would have to be true. If you turned on your monitor, would it turn your Xbox on? The answer would be no. No. Yeah. Now, also, though, on the Xbox level, because my TV doesn't have that built in from that level... Uh, for the, you know, it's, it has to be both happening. My TV, if I turn it on, will turn my PlayStation on. If I turn my PlayStation on, it turns my TV on. But if I turn my Xbox on, it doesn't turn my, play, my TV on. If I turn my TV on, it doesn't turn my PlayStation, my Xbox, whatever. Yeah. But that's a really annoying thing. But what would essentially happen is your plug would be set up with your TV and your PlayStation wouldn't even have to be on the same smart plug. And what happens if you tell it to TV on, then you could have it to where it turns your TV on. And then from your TV, it would turn your system on all yeah. at the same time.
0: Now, it just depends on which one of the smart plugs you get. Because like I looked into those because it, it essentially makes any item a smart item for those that are unaware. You can have a lamp in your house that you can control with Google or Alexa or even the app. Yeah. Um, through these uh, manufacturers, a lot of those catch fire. Yeah. So I'm not going to risk the biscuit on that.
1: Going over and giving credit to the person who said it, uh, Mr. Chato Sandcoffin. He says, since it's going to have backwards compatibility, a slot to slide my Vita game cartridges into. Persona 4 Golden on PS5. Um, yes.
0: I hope those rumors are true of that, of yet yeah, getting a remake.
1: Yeah, I've seen that. And, uh, but you know, he was actually funnily enough, Chad was going through and talking about how he's tired of reading Atlas stuff. Cause it's just people being like, please port this to this. I will say
0: Atlas fans ask that for everything. They if, do. If if a game gets ported to one system, there are be- fans begging it to get ported to another. If it's a game that hasn't been ported like Persona 4, people are want to get on PlayStation, and they're all vocal about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so Richard Schaefer says that it will make my PS4 Pro's fan run quietly, which is a weird situation. Yes. <laughs> um. Though I understand it. You very likely have – I mean, all pros have louder fans than the One X. That's certainly true. But if you got the model that was released after Red Dead Two, these fans are significantly quieter, <laughs> significantly, so hey, who knows the I guess the upside here is that inadvertently it will because you won't if you buy the system, you won't need your p s four pro, yeah, so Mr. Jehudi over there, and he's one of our patrons as well, says playing every single game from every single generation, including p s p and p s Vita and here's the kicker being priced at three ninety nine. Um that would be the deal of a century. It would be. Not gonna happen. What if every price PS- wise.
0: What if every PSP and PS Vita game came included at that price point? That would be wild.
1: <laughs> not gonna happen at all. No. From so we call okay, every digital PSP and Vita game would be the problem. Yeah. Because there's so many games on the PSP that does not like that do not exist digitally in any fashion whatsoever. Uh Coming over, Mr. Liam Winhelm says, for it to cook pizza rolls. A man of culture indeed over here. I love pizza rolls. Irish Joe 13 says, when I was younger, playing games like Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, I always hoped for the money I had in game would just fly out of my system and then I'd be rich. So essentially, he wants the system to have the ability to just print you money, money <laughs> I would love based it. off of your in-game currency. And here's the thing. I've had that exact thought.
0: Watch there be a VR game or not even a VR game, but like an AR game. And it has to do like, with your phones and stuff like that. And then you would play in real life, but then you could actually redeem money from the game in real life because you're out doing things in the game on your phone.
1: So it wouldn't actually give you like physical money, but it would essentially accrue you digital currency right. that you could use as like...
0: Gift card exchange
1: PlayStation and stuff. Pay. Yeah. And you just go and... Hey, who knows? It'd be chock full of ads probably, but it's possible. I feel like we're getting close to that. I, I really don't want that personally. <laughs> Have, you seen, have y'all seen? Have you seen Guns Akimbo? No. With Daniel Radcliffe? No, but I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. Y'all need to watch that. I will figure that out. William Blade coming over here showing Vita some love with renewed Vita support. And that comes back to my idea of, at the bare minimum, you seem like you're supporting Vita by just saying you can still remote play games. But I have a feeling that they're going to say no. I feel here, like
0: when they said they're dropping all support, that means all future support, too. Oh, probably.
1: But here's the crazy thing about Vita, right? The Vita has got pretty much every input that the PlayStation will have. The PS the DualSense. Because right now the DualShock 4, you know what it doesn't have? It doesn't have a microphone. Right? So, yeah. when you're going into DualSense in terms of features, now not buttons because we still will be in inherently missing the actual physical R2, uh, yeah. L2 and then L3, R3, but in terms of the more the more weird input features you do have the ability to blow into the microphone. You have the back touchpad, which could act as a mirror for the front touchpad, or just a touch screen. Terway.
0: truly used almost every single. It's gonna sound mean, but I really don't mean it that way. Is gimmick that the PS Vita had.
1: Yeah, Terway was great for it, and actually, it was weird seeing that game ported to the PlayStation 4 because the PS4 was lacking the back touchpad and the the camera. I watched my wife and, play that game,
0: Unfolded, yeah. and it was just it didn't look. That's cool
1: well it's it's weird because, like the game was built around the charms that the p s Vita could actually use, yeah, so inherently by ripping that away to a system that doesn't have an onboard camera, a back touchpad, or a microphone, three of the most cool gameplay elements are gone, yeah, so who knows i don't mind i mean I think that was a cool idea, and I still think tear away on Vita specifically is one of the best platforming games that PlayStation has put out, and that's they don't put out a ton, so you know it's a good thing for them, yeah um. So let's see. I see no love for Knack 3, baby, but that's okay. We're just going to have to exist in that world. Over on Facebook, we got a lot here. So Blake is coming out with probably one of the craziest ones I've seen, two disk drives, so I can watch a movie and play a game at the same time. I have have my computer monitors like three feet away from me for that. Do you know what this reminds me of? You know the scene in Talladega Nights where he calls and he's like, Hey, what do you want? What do you do when you're wanting to party, but you also can't hear the TV? He's yeah. like, "Why would you want to be listening to music and watching TV at the same time?" Because I like to party. <laughs> So, Blake, you are Cal Nott Jr. in this situation. And you like to party. And you like to party. and That's all right. Ken May says one that I actually think is a really good one. He says the ability to plug the PSVR headset directly into the console and not through the breakout box. And I think that there's a very high chance that this legitimately I do too. happens. Yeah, I do too. Because there's no reason they can't bake this, the, the chip that's in the breakout box into the chip of the PlayStation 5. And there would be more benefits in doing that when they inevitably announce their sequel to the PSVR their follow-up did you see the rumors that the psvr won't work on the ps5 at all it's not i mean that's
0: clearly not not the case yeah yeah there are people that think that though
1: Yeah, yeah uh actually one of the things we're gonna get into news kind of talks on that and i have a feeling that The PSVR version might even be exclusive to one version, but we'll get into that in a minute. Mr. Danny Candyman Viliobos, another one of our patrons, says backward compatibility with all generations, which is a very, very common one. I know that's something people have been wanting for a long time. He says, so that way I'll just have the one console set up to go through all of my backlogs. I would also like some sort of photo editing app to be in the gallery section as I use photo mode in every game it's in and would like to adjust the shots while I'm already on the PS5. Which is interesting, because I could see right now, to kind of tag on that, one of the things I'd like to see PlayStation do that currently Xbox does do, and it's really fun, is that when you take a screenshot in the game, it automatically, excuse me, it automatically uh, updates it into your activity. That activity can be seen in the Xbox app. So what happens is, it uploads that screenshot for everybody to see, and then you can just click it on the app, have the picture out there and you have it on your phone so you can edit it quickly and then share it in discord, share it on Twitter where on PlayStation, you either have to use currently a USB drive, put it in, move it to your computer. You have to tweet it, send it to yourself in a message. One of the only ways you can do it is go message yourself or message a friend, put the picture in there and just tell them, Hey, sorry, I'm only sending this to you so I can save it on my phone. Yeah. It is a weird workaround in between And while it may be cool to be able to do that on PS5 with something that's like their video editing software that they have right now in SharePlay, or maybe just expand SharePlay to include photo editing, I think it would also be cool just to have it to where you can get it on your phone so much quicker. So uh, Chris Figueroa says, I want system level game time feature, which I actually want to. That's one of the few things I think Switch really got right out of the gate is the ability to just look and say... What's my game time? Yeah. Though I think, isn't there something wrong with the Switch one where it either doesn't accurately show it after 100 hours or it doesn't show it until 100 hours? There's something weird where at some point, and maybe it's been patched, at some point once you hit a certain time, I think it wouldn't update anymore. It would just say you've played 100 hours of this game. Not that I've ever heard of.
0: No, I heard there's a way you could restart that, your game hours, if you wanted to.
1: Yeah. Out of curiosity, I'm just going to look it up. Switch system time cap let's just see if it has it playtime limit oh that's a, just a weird thing that you can do i don't know the way to go about wording this so i'm just gonna i've never heard of anybody say anything kill about that it was something very early right up around launch when people were like like the first month when people were kind of like i've played 100 hours of breath of the wild but it does i really think that's what i remember reading is that it wouldn't show above it would just say 100 plus so once you broke 100 you didn't actually know your exact time anymore so, that that could be wrong, but, uh, yeah, and then from there, before I ever saw it on Twitter, my response was trophy tracking, and then Blake also said it. Yeah. I think trophy tracking is something that Xbox has been doing since late 360. Mm-hmm. Now, on 360, I think it only happened on first-party games, but it clearly showed an interest in doing it. Yeah. Now, there have been games on PS3 that do it, but they do it in-game, not system-level. Deadpool was one of the PS3 and PS4 games where throughout the game, as you'd get something in game, you'd see a little square come over and say this many out of this many for this achievement. Yeah, but it wasn't happening on the system level. That'd be a fantastic thing to see. Jonathan, my homeboy, says, I can think of better ones, but I think I just want DualShock 4 support for when I have people over. That way I don't have to buy more controllers. Which leads us into the thing I don't think we touched on last week and that we got to see PS5 uh, accessories and confirmation on PS5 accessories. Maybe it was earlier this week that you will not be able to use the DualShock 4 for anything other than PS4 games. Yeah. I understand it. I kind of exists in that middle ground where i i really do think that inevitably ps 4s or dualshock 4 support for at least mul- the multiplayer so like habits where the main person playing has to be using a dualshock or a dual sense rather and then if you start playing co-op or some other mode dualshock 4 comes in and i guess it, it depends on the game because if it's a game that's multiplayer but says you have to have the microphone to be able to do something in this game like that all players are supposed to blow into the microphone to see who can win. Unless it's something like that, scaling back whatever it is and just saying that these players can play without these certain features makes sense because that's not that different than buying one of the cheap PS3 controllers or PS4 controllers that either doesn't have vibration or is missing some key feature. Um, one of the weirdest ones that they did, I've shown you the horror gamepad for Kyrie, right? Yeah. Do you remember that the touchpad is pulled down to a little butt, like a button yeah. like this. It's weird. It is. <laughs> but it still technically exists. Yeah. So who knows why they're doing that. Uh, I'll keep reading these off since Saul does not have Facebook. And we're going to just do two more. That's where I'm going to cap it off at. Josh Drago says voice activations like delete Drago from friends list or delete boring lands. But it would be cool to have an option to pick a voice character to be the voice for PS5 console. When you get a message, you hear Kratos saying, read it, Drago. That would actually be interesting. Or read it, boy, at least. Because yeah, there's no boy, way
0: they'd be able to get everybody's. Read yeah. it, uh, Weed Smoker for 2069 XXX. <laughs> I'm but, surprised you didn't say a button
1: to make you turkey spaghetti. Right. But... That's an actual idea of essentially taking the whole, hey, what's your voice assistant? You know, like giving voice assistant and then having it be, let's say, okay, I don't know if Xbox has done this. They very well could have. But imagine controlling the Kinect and your Kinect talking back to you like Master Chief. Xbox fans would be ecstatic. it would be like, that's cool as hell.
0: They have Cortana.
1: Yeah. Cortana is cool. I do remember that because it's also Cortana on Windows 10. Yeah. Um But, see, doing it even more and saying, what's some other characters from Xbox that we love? Maybe it can be one of the people... Marcus Phoenix from Gears. Yeah, maybe it can be one of the townspeople from Fable calling you chicken chaser. Yeah. You know? That'd be kind of (laughs) cool. That would be cool. So, doing that would be interesting. But that's a real question I'd have right now, if anyone feels like answering... For people who do have VR or the PlayStation camera and have this whole time, how often have you actually used voice contr- commands?
0: Or how often do you use voice commands when you plug your headset in? Because you can do it right off the you can the it.
1: Yeah, you can do it there too. So how I've often do done. you actually use them now? My answer is never. I did it day one because it was interesting and it worked decently well, but then I was like, it's quicker for me to just do it Yeah, than it is to tell my voice to do it. So the only benefit that would come from it, and I guess maybe that's the way PlayStation's is, you can't say, hey, PlayStation, you have to hit the button on the controller. Yeah. I could see like maybe you're cooking, and you want to be like, hey, PlayStation, start this game.
0: Well, that's something I like about my TV. I could do that on my TV. Hey, Roku, go to Netflix. Yeah. So, or, hey, Roku, put the boys on. And yeah. like literally, it'll go to Amazon and pull the boys up.
1: <laughs> uh, Good show,
0: by the way. Y'all go watch that.
1: Fantastic show. Season Can't wait for season out, two. Season September All right, I'm going to get one more here, and let's see. I'm going to give it to... Oh I, I like this one a lot So Nicholas Horder One of our newer, newer listeners He says More freedom to customize the theme I liked being able to use icons from a theme And being able to change the wallpaper Like you could on PS3 And I agree with that Yeah There was something magical about PS3 and PSP themes they were so crazy. PS3 was even crazier because it had a little bit of extra room for like audio play yeah. and whatnot. Like stupid. And I probably talked about it on the show before, but someone made a tenacious D theme. Yeah. Where every time you move through, it was just Jack Black saying a bunch of ridiculous little like rock on. <laughs> you know. See, for me, I would I I, I turn all my music off. Like <laughs> see, I turn system sound off normally, but I used to on PlayStation Three. If I realized that it had something like that, they'd normally have it in the description. I turn it on just to see. Yeah. And one of the ones I actually kept on. I'm fairly positive it was here I may be mixing it up with two But I think The infamous festival of blood theme Which was really cool It had coal With like the, kind of the vampire thing And game. it had lightning Going behind it dynamically I want to say There was like a wind noise Or maybe you could hear the lightning It was really interesting Um I don't know if it's on the Ghost of Tsushima one, but you know, I really like, that's the one I've had on my PlayStation for a while because I love the foreground and front ground play where like leaves will occasionally blow across the tiles, like yeah. over the top, but you'll also see them blowing behind.
0: I like the, uh the. the but it? But could you hear the wind? The That'd be cool. Of, you know? Days of Play 2021. Also Where it's like cool the one. rainbowy one with like all the characters that pop up. Yeah.
1: I just, I like that setup. And I really should look and see if I turn my system music back on. If the ghost one has wind howling, because two recent really cool uses of the speaker on the controller that I really liked were in the forest whenever I I didn't even realize it. And I thought, Oh, what a great use of that speaker. I'm used to playing with either the headphones on because I'm only playing with yeah. you, or my TV's volume. It's lighter, isn't the lighter, is it? The lighter, yeah. And it, you hear it on the TV, but if you turn the TV off, you hear it through the controller, and it sounds more real through the controller. It sounds exactly because it's real. a high-pitched, tinny sound. Yeah, you know, and it's really cool. And then one recently, all the wind blows that happen, you hear the higher-end whistling, kind of shimmery side of the wind blow through your controller whenever you hit the hmm. up on, whenever you swipe up on, um. Ghost of Tsushima. So that's really cool. And I actually am a huge fan of that. I always mention Killzone and other shooter games that choose to give you audio logs through there because it sounds like... someone. Boys any... the Fallen do that too? Yeah, I think so. I just thought it was really cool because to me that sounds like... How it, it should. Cops. Cop radar should always come through there. I think in Need for Speed, it does. In Grethel Auto, it does. Yeah. So if, if a cop's like, we've got blah, 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 it's cooler hearing it there because instead of hearing it on your TV. It sounds exactly it, real. In it, here. Sounds, it sounds like
0: if I'm driving my car and I hear that, it's like instead of hearing that on my TV, I hear it in
1: the From batch. the police scanner or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's cool. I love that use. And for as little as it gets used, and I wish it got used more, when it does get used well, I think that's such a selling point to me where I'm like, that's immersive as hell. Yeah. So I really like that. All right, that was our last one. Thank you all. We're going to this you. one, so that's really cool. All right, moving on into the news. The latest wow. state of play, we're going to start off with that, has come and gone and brought updates to a number of things coming to PS4 and PS5. Sadly, one of the things I was really hoping for was either Melodies of Memory or Melody of Memory, Kingdom Hearts, Or an update on near replicant because both of them are PS4 titles.
0: I was wanting near replicant and Elder Ring, and neither one of them. Yeah,
1: so since that didn't happen, what we did end up getting updates on uh, so on the PS4 and PS5, they both kind of got represented in here, though they wanted to, they kept doing what I think was smart. Tempered expectations. Tempered expectations. Even beforehand. And people still got mad. Yeah. Remember no PS5 big announcements. And then they further did it. The day of, before it happened, like six hours beforehand, they said PS5 updates, but only on games. No hardware or pricing. Yeah. So I thought that's smart because one of the things that I think both of us agreed on in the Xbox gameplay showcase that really got them a lot of flack, the problem was that Literally an hour before the show started, they further hammered in, tuned in for, the, for gameplay. And it's like... You, you yeah, it ended you know? up being BS. Yeah, so when you have that, I kind of understand why Sony went about doing that. So on the current-gen side, we got to see auto chess, which is just like a really interesting art-style view of chess. I'm curious to see how it actually plays, because they didn't go too in-depth in there, but it looked interesting enough. Uh, we got... Control we got to see the Alan Wake crossover expansion where they're starting their remedy entertainment kind of world expansion that they're doing which I think is a cool idea Uh, Vader Immortal which is a game that has been on Rift for a while coming to PSVR which is cool Anno Mutationum which is a little side scroller platforming game which looks also really cool. Probably the coolest game of the whole show to me, Aeon Must Die. That is, that's why one of my favorites, too. Which, sadly, seems to have development trouble with the majority, if not all, of the developers quitting before that trailer ever went out. Walking out. Due to crunch and a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah, That has not been 100% confirmed. That I'm aware of. I do want to say that. I was looking on the news, I, but I'm I'll say this much. Sure. Focus Home Interactive, have, have, who's the publisher behind it, has heard it and said they're looking into it and will take whatever actions need necessary. But this leads to a problem that, we, that Saul and I talk about often. It's the problem of showing stuff in this situation to where you get to potentially seeing something that will really excite you just for it to never actually materialize. And I think that this comes back to, Saul has had this argument for a while, the value of making sure that you don't showcase a game until at most six, cases, six months before release, because this actively excited me. I, I mean, the whole time that we were actively watching the, days, uh, the state of play, I was typing in the Discord about how great this game looked. And then immediately after, it's like, well, that game may never happen. So apparently, not only not only did people
0: quit because of crunch, but now it's come out that the game is stolen.
1: I saw, I saw a very light thing of that. I don't really know what they meant. Like, is the idea stolen from so someone else? It says,
0: "quote People who have worked on every shot of this are no longer with the company holding IP rights." The description continues, "quote Some were not even paid for their work. This trailer has a pending conflict of IP. The real IP for the game was stolen from the creators via f- uh, foul play." Unquote. So. Weird. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Like, I don't think the entire studio got fired, and then they're fighting that that termination back with saying crunch. I think I legitimately think they all quit because of crunch. Oh, I know. I I don't think they got fired either. Yeah, Uh,
1: but here's the weird thing about that, and what I really hope happens. I think that there might be a way to salvage what makes this game look really cool and interesting and have Focus maybe delay the game a little more, but fix all the foul play, give the IP back to the people who did it, get the people coming back and working on it, deal with the crunch, make sure that you do something. That way it's not only a great PR move for Focus, it does let this game come out because there is something that gets incredibly tiring about just seeing games that never come. One of the things I really thought we might see this gen was what we saw and I were talking about last week. We have so many games that we got to see and we haven't heard from them since. Yep, We have Atomic Heart. We have Witchfire. We have Project Awakening. I don't know if anybody remembers that. It was a really great looking CGI trailer that had like a guy with a sword and shield fighting a dragon. Also, I should
0: say that this is Focus Home Interactive is the publisher. The the studio is Limestone. Exactly. Limestone is what these accusations are being made against. Yes,
1: not Focus. Focus is looking into it. Yeah. But I think Focus could fix the problem as publisher. Yeah. Put things back into place, and hopefully we still see this game. But moving on, uh, we got to see Spelunky 2, which is coming this year impact which looks like a breath of the wild inspired game but fixes all the problems i had with breath of the wild it looks like it doesn't look too empty and the combat looks a little more my speed again not hating on breath of the wild it just wasn't as much of a game for me as clearly everyone else and then lastly for ps4 we got to see crash bandicoot 4 it's about time and i gotta give them credit actually does look they finally sold me on it yeah it does
0: look good i'm I'm getting it day one now but it looks pretty good
1: Yeah, so I'm willing to give it a try, and we're going to see how that works out. On the next-gen slash cross-gen side of things, there there are a few of these games that are cross-gen. We got to see Tim Tim, which is the Pokemon-like game, and it's so funny. Pokemon-like MMO. Pokemon-like MMO, you're right. It was so funny seeing people look, ooh, that Pokemon ripoff. It's like, dude pocket monster games have existed for so long
0: no then this is one of those kind of developers that are like yeah like we like Pokemon so we wanted to make what our interpretation of is it. yeah and like it's it's not like they it's not like they stole an IP <laughs> so
1: well my thing about the Tim Tim thing first of all I think it's funny like you know the fact that apparently a game can't look or sound like another game that's clearly influenced by it I have no problem with that I think this game still looks interesting enough on its own to be clearly inspired by Pokemon. But have a lot of the problem uh, have a lot of things that change that inherently also fix things that rather large chunks of the Pokemon community have wanted to change for a while. So what happens is it lets Pokemon exist in its way and people will still play it and love it. But for people who are like me that are a little burnt out on what Pokemon is not really changed enough of. Yeah. Between this and like that Kindred Spirits game that I did, which Kindred Spirits to me is what I've always wanted Pokemon to try at least once. Yeah. When you throw the Pokeball out you suddenly take full control of the Pokemon in real time and you battle a Pokemon in the area. To me, that's way more fun. And it doesn't mean that you can't still have traditional Pokemon. Pokemon is the king of side games. Well, Pokemon and Mario, both. Nintendo games are the king of side games. There's no way that you're telling me they couldn't afford to do that once. Even with something like Pokemon Stadium, why couldn't you have done that there? You throw it out and you're in the stadium and you real-time battle in 3D. That'd be
0: awesome. Pokemon Go was an interesting thing. And I've recently started playing it with buddies at work just to give us something to do. And I find myself, even like when I'm off work, just like looking, because now they made it so you don't have to walk. Like they come to you. But at the same time, you could walk and get the same results. Because everything going on, they don't want you to go out and kind of go out and public and stuff. So you could still sit at home and still po- have Pokemon pop up around you that you could still catch. Or you could go walk. And go find the actual Pokemon. Because the way it works is, you know, Icon, it shows you, like, the shadows of these Pokemon and where they're located around. So you have to walk to that location. Now there's just a chance of them popping up around you without having to do so.
1: That's kind of interesting. That reminds me of the Ruby Sapphire or the Alpha Ruby Omega Sapphire thing where you'd walk into a route. And on the bottom screen, you could see all the Pokemon that are supposed to be in that route. And then fill in as you caught them or or battle them.
0: I don't remember that feature. That, That could be something they've improved upon. But since they've added in battling now, and you could do matchmaking battling with random people. Yeah. You could do Team Rocket battling. There's like a little uh, air balloon over the map sometimes, and it's uh, a Team Rocket person you could fight. That's and fine. then, of course, the new raids and stuff, which are different from what I played. Um, but yeah, like well, games like Tim Tim, I think that they're important because they challenge a competitiveness, a competitiveness to the mm-hmm. developer like uh, Dark souls light games. Yeah. And, like, What's funny is nobody has ever once said... Oh, this Dark Souls game is just a clone or a ripoff. Yeah. At least that I've ever heard.
1: They they do exist, and I think Lords of the Fallen was one that got a lot of it, definitely, since it still kind of existed in that high fantasy realm. Uh, though I think that that just also fits with the gameplay. It's just one of those things. But, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's cool that we see somebody doing that. Moving on from that, though, we got to see what did not surprise me once I actually kind of figured out what was going on, the Robin Hood-like game called Hood Outlaws and Legends. I'm a little bummed that it's only essentially a on Honor multiplayer game, but I like the idea of, it's not that it's asymmetric multiplayer, it's it's a very different take on goal-oriented multiplayer. Yeah. It could be cool, we'll see. Uh, the Pedestrian, which is a cross-gen puzzle platformer, that was the one that kind of took the people you see on like bathroom signs and whatnot and kind of has them moving through locations, it looks fantastic and and stylistically not that it reminds me of it but it reminds me about how stylistically focused it is on what it's doing it reminds me of a old ps3 and psp game called echo chrome never heard of it it was like have you ever seen those little round-headed like i guess marionette looking things they're like little puppets and that's what you had walking, and your levels were all based around you oh. twisting and spinning this thing. Well, that's, Again, very stylistically driven, and this was very old. This was back in PSP. An, it an it art is. model. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, art stationary so you could get the pose down yeah. and then use it as a reference point, which is a great idea. I I'd never used to do that, and then the first time I saw someone doing it, I thought why would you not do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i liked the stylistic aspect of the game and what really caught me is i already liked it even just moving across the levels but then when you got to a certain levels uh there was one where you got to see a pegboard inside of a shop and you could move the tiles around in the right order so that you could work your way through the puzzle instead of just trying to learn like if they were stationary and trying to figure out how to connect them yeah i liked it not only could you connect them but you could move them around that was really cool um from there though we got to see braid anniversary edition which is kind of like the whole halo thing where they want to have it where you can play the original version of the game exactly as it looked but then also you can play a very pretty version which one's braid again braid is the xbox 360 and it ended up coming to ps3 i'm fairly positive where you can move time back it's like a platformer with the little it was jonathan blow's first game the guy who made um... yeah what was that game for playstation that you really liked for PS4 it was shown at the reveal and it was like a Titan plat- souls? No, a platformer on an island. Platformer. Island. It was the something and it's killing me I can't think of the name of it. Platformer on an island? Mhm. No, a puzzle platformer on an island. Oh, The Witness. The Witness, thank you. Yes. That's not a, that's not really a
0: platformer. It's more of just a first person puzzle solving game.
1: I guess I consider it platforming because you have to do some. Okay, I, I view it very similarly to the way that, even though I've not played it, I've seen people play it. I view it very similarly to how I viewed the Talos Principle, where there is definitely platforming within that. But of, of course, a lot of it's puzzle solving, kind of like Portal.
0: Yeah, no, well, that's that's definitely platforming. Pla- Portal is definitely platforming. Braid, I, don't, I uh, Braid, I played.
1: It was I one want to say first on the 360 game. Well,
0: like 360, I think. I think arcade games they did this thing yeah where if you had games with gold when they first did they did arcade games there now there for free i got that for free i never beat it but i played yeah. it it was really fun
1: yeah it's a very interesting game but i'm from seeing it but i've never actually got to play it myself so lastly though the last few things we have hitman 3 which is coming to both ps4 and ps5 in january 2021 and they didn't clarify but there is a psvr assassination mode and i'm a little curious if that mode is going to be exclusive to the PSVR current, but running on PS5 where they have extra modes, or if it'll be on both, but it'll be more in-depth on the PS5 version. Maybe you can do less on the PS4 one. Yeah. It looks cool either way, and I think it's a great idea. Um, I personally, the only thing I have against Hitman 3 is, since IO Interactive have gotten their freedom from Square, I really would love to see them do something. Like I understand starting back with Hitman 2, because you got to you got, you got to come out with something that's established to make sure that you got money going since you're an independent studio now. But what I really hope to see from them after Hitman 3, even if they keep going with more Hitman, they said this is the end of the World Assassination Tour trilogy or something. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. But I want to see them try something new and different without having to worry about what a publisher is trying to force on them. If they want to make Hitman till the end of time, I'm more than happy for them to do that. But I also want to see them do something with this newfound freedom that maybe they felt like they couldn't do under Square. The Hitman,
0: the the newer ones made by them they they get a lot of good acclaim. They do, and they are really fun games. I picked up whatever one was free on PlayStation Plus, and it's fun. It's it's very reminiscent of like Metal Gear Solid Five, which is on sale right now in the summer sale for four dollars. If uh if you need a game that can entertain you for only three to five hours because you may not like it. Four dollars. Four dollars. That's true. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very open-ended. It, they may be short, somewhat linear levels, quote-unquote, but you could still hop into a level and do that that same level five or six different times Well, in different ways.
1: The way I've seen it, and I have not played it, but the way I've seen it, is it looks like what this series, like this sub-series of Hitman is kind of going for is having smaller, wide, linear, kind of like almost dishonored yeah. setup where it's like you can attack it a bunch of different ways. Yeah. But it's just jam-packed with, even though it's small, it's like you have a ton of people that are around. Oh, yeah. There's, like it feels like a small slice of a living area.
0: Yeah, like um, like, um, like there's a boat one that's in the game that I played. And that boat is jam-packed with people, but then you find a disguise, so then you can kind of freely move around. And then you find, like, a little hidey area. Or you go down there and get a you kill a guard, take his disguise, and then you can walk up where the guy you need to kill is at. Then you need to find a way to distract the other guards. like you. But you could do it in so many different ways. I think I would it like this. It works really well. I just need to play it. Yeah. That's I, kind of where I'm I at. highly recommend whichever one I... I'll have to look and see. Um, well, it's
1: further than the list, but Hitman 2 is being added to PS Now, so I can take the, I can try that one out. That might
0: be what it is. It but might be Hitman 2. To
1: finalize this up, we got more Bucksnacks gameplay, or actually got Bucksnacks gameplay, and it looks really fun, personally. I think it looks very cute. Still want to play it, as long as it's priced right, which I do think it will be, somewhere in that 20 to $30 range. I'm going to play it. We got the Pathless, which looks really cool, and I love their idea of mixing bow play But doing it in a way where you're constantly moving, and that way it's not aim-based, it's rhythm-based. It's like you're timing your shots. That's a really cool idea, and I think graphically and basic idea, it looks really cool, and I think it's an interesting show of next gen just because of how open it is, but not necessarily some surefire way, but it looks really good. And finally, I think to me, the most important thing of this whole thing is something I've been waiting on a long time. I think Saul said it too. Finally seeing gameplay of Godfall. What'd you think of it? I was disappointed. You were?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Clearly we didn't get to see it all.
0: Yeah. But but it seems like. I'm trying to think of a way to describe this. It seems repetitive. I could see that. But it it seems repetitive. What is a good way to describe this? Like it seems like you have two light attacks then you do a heavy. And it's always the same two light attacks and heavy attack over and
1: over again. So repetitive combo.
0: Yeah. It. It looks like an MMO combat. Okay. In a weird way. Because, like, you know, in MMO, all, all of, like, like Final Fantasy fourteen, you have your abilities, but then if you stand there and auto-attack, you're doing the exact same dude, four attacks. Dude, wha- it looks like you're doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Now, the game looked gorgeous. The design still looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. The weapons all look cool. But the combat, it did not sell me on that. I need to see more. Okay.
1: I thought... I, I didn't quite get that vibe, but I also felt like they were moving between the different weapons so quick to give you a quick glimpse at each one of them. That's that, that's what I think they were trying to hide. I think that's it, why it, they were moving through so fast. Totally possible. Who knows? But the vibe I got from it, and I think it makes more sense with what they keep trying to say the game is, I got Monster Hunter World vibes from it. Bunch yeah, I, of different yeah. weapons. The way that you use those weapons is very different, and the way that they actually let you play within them, very different that creates its own replayability because there's something about Monster Hunter World. Like, here's the thing. Monster Hunter World is repetitive. But it's repetitive in a structured way that's still fun.
0: See, honestly... But you at
1: least... And it, see, a lot of this is going to come down to map variants. Yeah. I think the reason that Monster Hunter World doesn't feel repetitive is that the map and how you interact with said map And that's something the else
0: is they picked what either is a very samey map or Mm -hmm. just the same section of a single map to show us.
1: Mm -hmm. It looked to me like they were showing you the intro of the game. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, obviously, uh, oh, it's just Hitman. It's just the first one. It's not Hitman 2 or anything. Gotcha. Um, But, to me, it's like, um, it, it just looked, the combat itself looked repetitive, but everything else looked great. Yeah. But, to me, combat in a game based around that kind of
1: style is the most important aspect. Absolutely. So, I mean, and going back to my Monster Hunter World thing, if Monster Hunter World did not have fun combat, see, def- don't f- me wrong, I'd still be impressed by like the interaction with the world and the AI of the monsters themselves and how they interact, but you'd fall out of it way quicker.
0: And see, that's my thing, is I think at that point, out of this game here, from what I've seen, I would rather just kind of play Monster Hunter. Fair. Um, now, granted, this game is... that's all we that's all we've seen of it so far but it does seem to me like there is just a repetition in combat and i want to see more i see like that right there is obviously a combo move that's a combo charge up move but that's the same flip same thing he just did that same thing twice in a row and from from this attack right here which is a completely different attack
1: Or maybe it's a jumping variation of maybe. But see, from
0: what they've showed us, I still get your point. I need more info. I I love the shield personally. Yeah, I do too.
1: I love that every every class has the shield, and the shield exists as something that comes out.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. But see, like that kind of whole thing he's doing there. Also, another problem I have. This game has the worst, worst Arkham effect I've ever seen in my life
1: animation or the enemies standing still the enemies watching you just stand yeah. there and 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 relay
0: while you're beating up one guy they just stand there and they watch you they do nothing yeah now that's i something hope that that's definitely a, i hope that's a difficulty thing for that's this what I for the reason for this walkthrough but everything about this game i want to love it and i i'm really really hoping that they show us more but this game makes me feel like anthem all over again from this video
1: hey and the thing and it is, scares me I, I will say this, I, from what they've shown to me, I feel like they're more confident in their own product than Bioware was in Anthem.
0: Well, at launch, because at first, Bioware was very confident in Anthem.
1: Well, to me, I think that they sold confidence, but they didn't show things that let, bred confidence. When they're talking about seeing more from Godfall in terms of loot and whatnot coming up, it seems like they're more willing to show more of their game. They're just be it between them and Sony, or maybe even them, they're wanting to break it up across more events. Maybe so it constantly stays in your brain. That way comes day one, you're more likely to buy it. Who knows? But uh, I do agree with you on one thing. I get what you're saying. And definitely since, if I'm being honest, it looks like if you just took Anthem I don't want to be unfair to it. I think the art style looks really cool and unique, but at the same time, I I can see parts of Anthem and the way the Anthem's world looks in this, so it doesn't help that you have those moments of feeling like it could be another Anthem. Plus... Okay, I'll say this. I I like the idea that they're coming out of the gate saying that this is not meant to be a game as a service. Because I think one of the things that Anthem had going against it is that anything that happens, it's like, oh, y'all didn't do it so that y'all could do it later. Y'all just launched the game because you planned on doing this and this later. This game won't have the same thing. So for me to have them coming out and saying hey, this is not a game as a service. This is not something that will constantly be seeing updates like Destiny like you're used to. This is something that at least from the way that they're talking about it and and talking about overall showing it, it seems possible to me that they're confident in it, but maybe they've just done a poor job specifically with what you wanted to see in showing it, which is still a thing because, you know, you talked about it looking real easy in that Arkham effect. While it wasn't the Arkham effect, do you remember another game that showed really poorly from the actual difficulty of what it takes to get these things down? Do you remember the Days Gone first gameplay where it was a sawmill where the horde was coming at him, but he was just mowing them down like they were nothing? Yeah. That is not how that Which happens is, in yeah. that game.
0: And that's all. and that's why, obviously, I, I'm still probably going to check this game out yeah. regardless because it looks fun, but...
1: Being cautious is not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but
0: at the same time, at the start of a generation, yeah. I, I would rather spend my money on something else if... How I feel is going to be different, but I don't. I'm not sure.
1: I wonder if because you know loot's a big deal on here, right? Yeah. I wonder how you'll feel after they show loot, and then hopefully with loot they show more.
0: Combat. Well, see, that's the thing though is they could have the best loot in the
1: world, but if you're if you if you're saying if you're doing the same four attacks over and over again to get yeah. it, I won't. Like, or here's the thing though, right? And I I liken this to Destiny, not because of the game as a service aspect, but let's just say like Destiny. What if the actual weapon you have within a subweapon class changes the way you play drastically? Now that could because be. that's one of the things about Destiny is that keeps it you so just, fresh. If you look at Destiny and you just look at one of the run of the mill weapons, like what they might be showing right here, since they're not trying to spoil too much loot, yeah, like a
0: white, like a white base weapon or something, Diablo. or green. Diablo is a good example,
1: right? You just have this basic thing going. Well, in Diablo, if you just have a normal weapon, it's not the combat's not all that exciting. Yeah, yet. you're saying they're... But as you start to get more weapons and build how, it starts it, to, go how up to pull and up. off your combos, it's possible. So that's what I'm hoping they show is that this is that this is literally a
0: tutorial world and this is the first thirty to minutes or hour of the game. Yeah. And it changes because it looks super fun. It looks the the style of the game looks great. The the combat looks stale, but it looks like it has potential, like in that kind of super movie he did there where he dashed mm-hmm. forward. The little shield bashing and all that stuff, the shield throws, it all looks super fun.
1: And it looks I'm like it's running 60 it frames per second.
0: I just hope it can retain my attention. So that's cool. I, I can't tell because I don't know if this video is in 60 frames per second or not. You can click on it and see. Yeah, it is. Cool.
1: There you go. All right. Um, but we, we, we just spent 30 minutes on one section of the news. Yeah, the rest of them are going to be flying through. Yeah. Uh, on the next one, we have. Oh, I guess Hey, my, let us know what you thought of Godfall. Yeah, my last thing here, too, and I think that this is going to be the community's take, definitely, uh, is going to be to me. This is the first state of play that feels like it's finally found its footing. This is the I th- I this is the, the first last one. The last one was okay, okay, but to me, I think this is the first one where I was like, not a single point in time here was the pacing off, not a single point in time here was I bored, even if games I want, I I wasn't interested in Spelunky, but somehow it still held my attention.
0: I could see that, yeah. So
1: that's going to be the question is do you think that this is the first state of play that really has just knocked it out of the park and found its footing and do you want to see more like this or do you feel still find it lacking but moving on uh tim tim as part of that after being shown for ps5 they clarified the cancellation on the kickstarter page of the ps4 and xbox one versions moving the game to next-gen consoles alongside the switch version which is weird as it is to say switch is technically a next-gen console
0: Nintendo's weird with their generations. I don't consider any of their consoles in any gen. I really don't That's either. I, I always consider it, it just but they, they Xbox to start Microsoft. The gen. Yeah. Which is why I said you can never compare them to each other.
1: Though, actually, you know what? We did not start its gen. 360 was the first of the – or the sixth gen of consoles, right? Are we in eighth right now? I don't, I, the eighth I is one remember. coming up. Either remember. way, uh, the, for the generation of the 360 PS3 – uh, Nintendo actually did get beat out of the gate by Microsoft, who were just eager to really be first on market. Um, but the Wii U was the start of the PS4 generation, technically, and the yeah. Switch is the start of this current. It, but I agree with you. I've never actually considered any of Nintendo's consoles past the 64 to be part of their generation because they've not been... It's
0: ne- That's not the same releases.
1: It's weird, right? It's, I think the GameCube, power-wise, was actually more powerful than the competition, but the way that it handled its disc kind of put them back in their own weird way. Nintendos tended to falter with media, like their media form that they choose to use. But then you also have the Wii, which was just the GameCube. It had a Netflix disc. (laughs) It did have a Netflix disc. Don't forget the Netflix disc. Either way, next thing up, Uh, In an interesting move, Gran Turismo has partnered with Getty Images for professional professional virtual photography. So this is using photo mode. (laughs) Within its eSports, they hope for the photos to add quality to the content, resulting in wider coverage from media brands to increase the popularity and profile of the franchise, which makes sense considering that Gran Turismo eSports is doing pretty well and we have Gran Turismo 7 coming. So... Interesting move, though, nonetheless. It looks like it's... I've seen a lot lately of things looking to push esports to be taken more and more seriously and given more and more push to where... One day, maybe someone who doesn't even have interest in games but just likes the sport can sit there and go, man, these people who are racing on Gran Turismo are crazy. I'm going to yeah. watch this. You know, I have interest in cars even if I don't have interest in well, the games. There are plenty of people
0: like me. Who, I don't play football, but I love watching football. Exactly. So, so It's kind of like the same thing. You may not like playing event games, but you may love watching people
1: play games. Exactly. I think that, that once you can get rid of the stigma, which I think they're trying to do by making the professionalism of it just go up and up and up and up, yeah. you get to that point. If somebody's online scrolling and they see a really beautiful in-game photo of something they'd be like man that looks cool I want to go check that out the chances are higher Uh, next up Marvel Avengers Marvel's Avengers PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man rumors were confirmed as true this week and it's been confirmed that the Spidey in question will not The Insomniac take on the character, which I expected, but instead a wholly original take. Now, Crystal Dynamics co-head was asked about the exclusivity in an interview and responded, quote, when it comes down to choices of where and what Spider-Man can be, that's a relationship question that PlayStation absolutely has the rights to. That, as you guys know, with Sony's ownership there and Marvel with Sony saying, hey, this is something we can do. This is something we can do on this platform. Now to me that implies that clearly the relationship between the two companies is the primary reason that the characters in the game at all and the reason I bring that up is a discussion I was having between Chris and Blake about this in that I think some people who don't necessarily know as much about Avengers as a whole look at this and think that Spider-Man is an Avenger and he's being kept out of one version of the game due to console exclusivity. So here's the thing while it may not be the most fair thing in the world And you may really love Spider-Man Spider-Man is not Traditionally an Avenger He has teamed up With the Avenger Here and there There are that's, runs That's incorrect No there are comic book runs no, Where he's become an Avenger
0: That's, that's, that's 100% look, incorrect
1: Is Spider-Man an Avenger
0: Look we going It will say yes to that That is 100% From a comic book standpoint Incorrect I will correct you on that.
1: Well, if you want to talk about moving forward from the movies, I mean, clearly he is one in the movies. I'm talking, no, I'm talking about from comics. I'm
0: clicking. We're going to see. Specifically, like Spider Man, Wolverine, Captain America, the Fantastic Four, these are all Avengers. And.
1: Also, there's a weird. I'm gonna kind go of, with there's the, another
0: kind of thing here where people think that Sony owns Spider-Man.
1: No, they only own the film rights, and right. they're leveraging the film rights to get the game rights, which right. I think is smart. Yeah. I mean, clearly, if I owned
0: them, too. That's one thing that kind of bothered me. Is like, well, Sony owns Spider-Man. No, no, they own the rights to the film aspects of Spider-Man. Marvel still owns... Like, Spider-Man was literally in Ultimate Alliance on the Switch like, Absolutely. The last year. Yeah not, yeah,
1: not even last year. You know what I'd be real curious to learn? Is who owns... Or what partial ownership exists within the Insomniac take on Spider-Man? Because clearly the Spider-Man character is owned by Marvel, but I wonder if they were ever to stop this—the you know the Sony and Marvel thing that's going on right now. If that were ever to break, does Sony have any at all ownership of that take on the character, or would Marvel retain full use of that? Well, Insomniac's
0: owned by Sony, right? Yeah,
1: but I don't. It's a character made by Insomniac. Yeah, I don't. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. But it's like. But it's. But it's
0: I, I would assume Sony would have rights over that character till their um, contract with Marvel would run out. And that then seems Marvel reasonable. Would own the name. Because that seems it is reasonable. Um, even though it's created by somebody else, because that's that's a thing for every kind of media, right? Like. Yeah,
1: it seems reasonable to think about that. You know what I mean? But I I'll Let's say see. this: like
0: I'm not gonna be super negative about this, but I don't agree with this in the same aspect that most people are saying because this
1: is not nearly as cut and dry as i was hoping no this dude, i'm list telling would you
0: be- but but in general in the comic, spider-man's an avenger um as a matter of fact they did the dark avengers where they mirrored everybody and like you had wolverine's son dacon to remove wolverine you had venom to mirror spider-man um, Norman Osborn was the Iron Suit Patriot. Uh, so it looks like Patriot. through
1: the majority. Sorry, I wasn't. So you said Norman's son?
0: No, no, no. Norman Osborn himself, Green Goblin, he was the Iron Patriot who was a combination of, he was an, he was an yes. Iron Man suit yeah, with I remember. Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Dark Avengers arc. Um, so like, I, Spider-Man is like, some people may get me getting confused because the movies, but Spider-Man, for the most part of the Avengers runtime, was an avenger so Um,
1: from what i'm looking at right now that is not true he has been an avenger for various times but it's showing each setup so look
0: if you go to spider-man first avenger appearance 19 and then you look at the actual dates of when the avengers started
1: yeah but it shows you what each era had right so the 60s versions of the avengers did not have him the original avengers that started everything does not have him the 70s does not have him. The first time that it looks like he was a, an Avenger at all was in uh, the nineteen ninety one and ninety two UN Charter. Well, recruits. that might make sense because that's why I was bored. Yeah, so and that that's... was the first time he was an Avenger. But then the next set that was ninety eight through two thousand four, he was not an Avenger.
0: Well, also it's kind of one of those things that like he's an Avenger once, he's always going to be an
1: Avenger. And see, that, that comes down to the thing, but. I guess really it comes down to in this situation, I still say, and I still, I would still argue that I'm correct though. I do. Like I said, there has been instances where Spider-Man has been an Avenger throughout comics and different times. So your argument of once an Avenger, technically you can always be considered one. That's reasonable and fair enough. But I, I think it's also reasonable to say that through the majority of the Avengers, he's not been one he's not consistently always been one of the Avengers. So for him to not be in the game is not surprising. And I even say before this exclusivity deal, I didn't expect him in the game because unless you're trying to have the games mirror the movies, which they specifically have said they don't want to do. Well, obviously, because the character want, models look like crap comparison. Yeah, but they want them to be distinct things. Then I didn't expect Spider-Man to come into this. And now that he has, I view this personally. This is my take on it. I view it as you are essentially console-wise... You're not missing out on a traditional Avenger so much as you're missing out on a crossover event between Spider-Man and the Avengers But, the but you're missing
0: out on a whole different character for the same price. That's, no, yeah, where, that's, unethically and that's for me. Is that's reasonable. kind of where it draws a line.
1: Now, what they could
0: have done They could have sold calibrated.: They could have sold caliber. They could have reached out to Microsoft and been like, "Hey, Sony's buying the Avenger for, or Spider-Man to be in this game. Do you want to buy Venom? The Fantastic Four. Somebody to get an ex- exclusive character on their side, and I don't think they're going to do that mainly because Crystal Dynamic and Square Enix have rights with Sony for f- first party stuff, early timed exclusives, where Xbox does not.
1: Which well, they that, have though. They have a history of it with Square. With Square, Square specifically, yeah. actually, Hit- Square, Hitman. Square, Hitman. and Crystal. You have Hitman. That, that was one thing, but you also had. Um, Wait, was Hitman exclusive to Xbox for a small period? Or did it have no, exclusive no, no, things?
0: No, 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 no. Hitman was exclusive to Sony with um, timed exclusive DLC and stuff.
1: Okay. Uh, well, earlier, though, you know, they had the timed exclusivity with Rise of the Tomb Raider with Square. So the existence That's of true. Square doing stuff is not impossible. Then you have the Square published games that they did at the beginning of 360. So Square and Microsoft sure clearly have, have exclusive. Exclusive. one. Maybe but... I'm
0: thinking Hitman had time exclusive on Xbox, but my, I'm thinking. I
1: don't know. But. I mean, either way. I guess my thing here, and this, and this will matter more off of once they start to say more about what he is. It doesn't sound like he's going to exist in the story. He's just going to be a playable they, character. PS4 gets six exclusive contracts. Cool. Uh, I mean, cool for me because if I were <laughs> to play the game, you know what I mean. Um, See, and that's that's just where it comes down into it. Is like I don't. I'm not getting
0: this game, so I don't care. Like I think this game. i meant to like, play the beta. And I looks like right it looks like hot dog garbage. So. <laughs> I just don't care. Like I don't think it's right, but at the same time, I'm not buying the game. So my my opinion don't matter on this subject.
1: I don't think – I guess my thing is, and even if you want to say it's corporate shield, the way I typically go towards this is let's say I was the one who – say I was in Sony. And I was like, you know what? When Marvel says – and this goes back to the thing about Spider-Man movies where people were trying to make it as Sony being the bad guy. If I looked and Marvel in their bad state throughout the 90s was saying, we're not going to survive unless we sell some of our, our rights to certain things. And they said, Sony, would you like to buy the rights to Spider-Man movies and all Spider-Man movies for the remainder of time will be yours? And I said, yes. And I bought it and I spent tons of money doing so. I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying Spider-Man's mine. And if you want to use him in your movies, that is fine. But there's going to be a contractual agreement as to why it happens. So it's beneficial for both of us. And if I can, I'm going to use that to leverage positions to make, to help other legs of my business. Why wouldn't I? Well, that's my side of it. That's kind of an
0: invalid argument in a sense too, because this is the first time that Spider-Man has been exclusive over something that he should not be quote unquote, not be exclusive to.
1: I mean, I get you, but right because now are in this situation. Because this isn't Insomniac, Spider-Man. No. Again, so this
0: I, should be kind of something open to everybody. Because you put it as you being in Sony making these decisions. Well, imagine if you're an Xbox fan who your favorite is Superman Spider-Man. And then you're like, I'm going to buy the Avengers. But for your $60, you're missing out on an entire, You're you're, you're missing out on content that's not even in the game
1: yeah well that and that comes down to like blake was saying if he's in the story if he's in the story and tied in and it's only available on the playstation one that's super weird See, that's if my he's thing, just a like playable he, character is the way i they, don't think it's nearly as bad they wave the way they talked about this game he kind of has to be in the story right no i don't think so i think he's literally just a, playable, he, he could character just a drop in playable
0: character for because he like isn't this game similar to destiny like where you can play it with friends as the entire story goes on
1: and then I don't think so actually if you remember when they showed the gameplay off they showed one player switch between being Captain America for a second and then suddenly the same player is playing as like, seamlessly there's a cutscene well, that, that, that moves you to
0: single player mode but I'm talking about specifically multiplayer mode because there is that, no
1: story for multiplayer from what I understand more than just overarching like here's the event co-op. but you're co-op so well, that's I view it as a story. like okay but I view it as something like um, DC Universe where you're a created character so ultimately it doesn't matter the story is happening All you are is a bunch of characters, whoever it is in the moment, taking it down. It's a broad story that I don't think is going to be told. It's actually very similar to Destiny, if you think about it. In Destiny, everybody's player is the player doing the thing. So in this, it doesn't really matter. It's just these are the people who are having to be doing this thing. The story unraveling is not specific to your one character. They're not going to be like the enemy is going to be like specifically say, Spider-Man, he's just probably going to be like, damn you, Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I view it as more of a co-op, like, hey, here's a mission, here's what we're supposed to be doing, and we're all going to do it and have a blast doing it. But for the story mode itself, where where one person plays as everybody, or where one person moves throughout it, that's where it gets weird. If you because then not only are you altering the story for the Xbox version, which is going to be really weird and make either the Spider Man story in the PS4 version feel stilted within the Avengers thing, or it's going if they wrote it to make it natural there, it's going to feel stilted when they remove it from the Xbox, from the Xbox version. version. Yeah, but I don't think that that's what's happening. And I I honestly would argue at that point that it becomes stupid at that point because you're doing way too much work see, time, for the console for the idea of an exclusive
0: time content yeah but like fully exclusive content in forms of like a character like i could mm-hmm. see getting a vest that's cool like i don't give a i don't give a shit about wearing a different vest but like a character mm-hmm. that could add you 30 to 40 hours of playtime just for playing as that character is kind of like It's weird, and I'm curious to see if Xbox will ever get an exclusive character. But like I said, I'm not getting the game. I don't care.
1: I agree with you on the thing of I honestly thought when they first said Spider-Man will be exclusive, I was like, okay, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna soul-caliber this.
0: Yeah, so Xbox will get like I really it'd be cool if Xbox got Venom,
1: (laughs) and like you could play as it's never gonna happen though because if you think about why Spider-Man is exclusive, which is they totally did this, I guarantee you that they did this as part of the hey, you know that deal we want to do. You know we're working on Avengers. Well, if you will continue to let us use Spider-Man in the marvel cinematic universe then we'll give you a spider-man exclusive in the crystal dynamics game well didn't
0: uh, sony go to crystal dynamics for this what did crystal dynamics go to no to
1: crystal dynamics said that apparently this is something that marvel and playstation talked about and then it got come down to them like hey this is an opportunity to do this fair enough so when you look at it that way yeah there's no way it'd be venom even though that would be crazy if you had like the good guy on one side but the I'm bad saying. guy on the other it'd be cool um but man either way Moving on, I understand why some people may upset about it, but ultimately, I just think it comes down to businesses exist in this thing where they spend money, and if they want to leverage the money that they've spent to get them other things to help other parts of their business, I personally am in, in game for it. I think other people won't be, and that's okay. So moving on, Bandai Namco announced a restructuring effort for the company in 2021 with plans to merge its gaming business with its toy and hobby business to have the two be able to work more closely together to better utilize their IP. And then with their IP, they'll be combining their IP creation segment with their visual and music production segment to strengthen their IP creation, which I actually think is a smart idea is if your IP that you're going to be utilizing is going to be done from a visual and audio standpoint, why would you not want the IP creators to be working hand in hand with the people who are going to set up the visual styles and whatnot? Yeah. So uh, anyway, next thing up after after the longest wait between knowing of the next game in the series, Activision has sent out a locked crate to members of press with instructions to open on August 10th, suggesting that we will be getting a reveal the day this episode airs. So tomorrow of the next call of duty game. Interestingly enough, this is breaking the cycle, so this should be Sledgehammer's turn around. And apparently, it was Sledgehammer and Raven working on it, and they were supposed to team up, and Treyarch was going to come in as the head with them supporting. Well, now, Activision seems to be not mentioning Sledgehammer at all, and it's just Raven and Treyarch. Yeah. But then there's still reports that apparently... The game that was going to be being made by Raven and Sledgehammer is still being made. It just won't be ready until next year. Who knows? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we will definitely see what ends up happening. And personally, I'm not all that excited. But who knows? We'll see. Next up, though, PS Now sees three games joining its rank for August with Hitman 2 and Dead Cells one of the best games of all time being available until February 1st, 2020 and Greedfall seemingly being added for the foreseeable future with no end date. Um, to me, this is one of the things that I think this is my favorite personal in between of how to make a subscription gaming service work. So last week we talked a lot about, day one stuff and ultimately if it happens I don't care I understand it I just hope it's not to the detriment of gaming I'm not saying that it will be
0: no they, see I, by the way this proves to you Fall Guys yeah Fall,
1: that, fall Guys has done that amazing that proves to
0: you that, that day one stuff is not always detrimental Yeah, or even in
1: that realm yeah so but with that I think that this is the thing that kind of acts as a in between that makes the most sense to me which is let games launch day one as usual and then at the publisher developers you know whatever it is, once their, once their early saturation of sales seemingly has hit whatever they think it is where it's not going to go, then they can go, now we're going to put it on these services. Now, the reason I kind of view that is it renews interest in your games. And I think you're seeing that with Greedfall, right? One of the things about Greedfall right now is it this announcement hit right alongside the fact that Greedfall has just surpassed a million sales, which has never happened from a for a Spider's game. Yeah. So... Clearly, this game has done very well. It's probably reaching a point where the sales are starting to slow down to where they can look and go, our projected sales numbers are this, and PlayStation Now has offered us this.
0: Let's just do this. Exactly what we talked about last episode.
1: So I think if you kind of go in the middle ground, the only problem that ends up existing here is that you may actually run into what we talked about last week as, as well, where if people start doing this in a way where you notice a trend where it's like the game launches and then three months typically after launch it's on a subscription service you're going to get people who start going well why would i buy it day one i can just wait for it to go on games pass the benefit of it being you're day always going to have those people yeah exactly you're the benefit of it being PSNow day too. one on game pass or ps now yeah uh is that period goes away you just go i'm either going to buy it or i'm going to play it on sub then you don't have to feel like you're making weird decisions of support or not support or wait Either way, I personally really like that setup, and I think it's kind of what you see EA do with EA Access. Most of their games eventually end up hitting EA Access, but they wait for, you know, five, four, six months somewhere after the game and just kind of let it do its thing. Uh, next up, originally set to launch this month, Devolver Digital has announced that Serious Sam 4 has been delayed to September. So if you were looking forward to that, you got to wait a little bit longer. It looks like it might have been done to have the console versions and PC version launch the same day as the Stadia version, which is coming in September. But they may have just decided that since they already had a September release date, polish the game a little bit more, go about it. I've never played a Serious Sam title, but it looks all right. Kind of crazy. Uh, Next game up, Souls-like Mortal Shell has been given a release date, and it's surprisingly right around the corner with the game coming August 18th for PC and consoles simultaneously. I meant to play beta for this as well and did not. (laughs) I'm going to get this game. It looks great, so I'm going to get it as well. I've heard good things from most of the people who've played it. Yeah. so It sounds like what I would like. So, last thing up here, though, is a tweet thread from a user, Mr. Daniel Ahmad, or as you may know him, has uh, Zug EX. I don't really know if that's how it is. Z EX, whatever. But it's Zeus. a breakdown of the. Really what it is is it kind of shows why we see a push towards service-based games and free-to-play games and why they've become so strong in the industry with a breakdown of Sony's game and network services revenue over the quarter one of 2020, so these last couple months. This info also comes alongside, just for those who are curious – uh, updates of the ps4 reaching 112.2 million units shipped and that ps5 is still on track for holiday release which i imagine since they've not come out and said anything but the real interesting story to me is in the numbers because what happens here if you look at it there if you look at each one of these things so they're add-on content which is considered microtransactions dlc in-game purchases right and this is not specific to sony published games this is anything on playstation store makes up 41% of their entire game and network services. So if you want to put that against full game package software, which is retail, right? Retail is zero is 6%, 0.35 million of, so it's, it's very low. Well, look at all them digital boys coming
0: to the future. And
1: that's the other thing, be it because of the pandemic or what may it be, the digital software sales are up massively massively so what is it uh do you sound like alex jones just then massively
0: <laughs> don't hit me with that man yeah. literally four times as much as physical sales yeah
1: and man if you look at that though looking at 41 percent of your overall thing 2.29 billion i think is what it was yeah <laughs> god that is insanity but if you look Console hardware, which we always talk about, you know, we just mentioned sales, right? And we look at sales as a sign of success. But if you actually want to look at sales and how they come into the play of how much money is made from the hardware itself, it's just a small part of the business. Let's see. What was it? The console hardware for PS4 accounted for 9% of their overall net revenue. That's pretty low. But here's the weird thing about why that's also important. Without that 9% and all the other percentages that have happened every quarter, you wouldn't get this forty-one percent because this forty-one percent is entirely based on the fact of looking at people buying games on the PlayStation Store, that storefront, buying microtransactions from that storefront. So if you look at this, there's thirty-three
0: percent technically, exactly that you have to have for the forty-one. Exactly, you can't like, and honestly you could really bake everything into that 41 because if you're playing multiplayer games, you're going to buy peripherals, the headsets and stuff to be able to play with them. You're going to be able to buy, obviously the game for them. You're going to need the PSN services. So, cause so most of these MTX stuff, it comes from stuff like call of duty. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have PlayStation Fortnite, plus to call play of duty, apex. Legends. And you
1: need PlayStation plus for most of that. Yep. So I guess, do you need PS plus? Cause you don't need PS plus for Fortnite or apex. Cause they're free to play. I don't know
0: if you need PS Plus for Warzone cuz it's free too technically, but it's also part of another game that's not free. So I don't know. That's Me a weird either. one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But Saul's point overall does matter. If you're playing a bunch of online games or be it free-to-play games, you're doing it through a storefront and they're making money off the back end. So if you think about that, right? 2.29 billion. That is not even the full price of what. This is their percentage of what they get off of that purchase. In one quarter, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. So two things. I think that this gives more reason as to why, even if you disagree with it, and I think that's perfectly fine. This is one of those where I see people's reasons lining up to why they want to stick with one company or the other. We see Microsoft doing a lot less single player games, not none, but a lot less single player games and games that are more moving towards a games as a service thing where there's a reason for you to spend money on them. You can see now why they may be doing that. You can disagree with that being the big move, but I also think that this, for me personally, gives me a. I want to give Sony more credit for seeing this, still making the benefits of this, but within their own game catalog, choosing the habits where 90% of their games do not have microtransactions. And if anything, they may have DLC. And that DLC typically comes down the road as a roadmap, and you get a complete game day one most of the time. So. For companies that are still doing that and being like, despite the fact that there's so much money here, Sony and Microsoft are in interesting positions, though. Sony can afford to do that with their first party games, and Microsoft could, too, if they wanted to, because they also sell hardware, which lets them get all this money just from being the in-between middleman. Yeah, that makes sense. So, personally, I'm glad that Sony does that, because there's no real, there's no saying you have to make this type of game or this type of game. They're just saying, look, if you want to make great story-driven games, do it. Because we, have, we make the money elsewhere. Right. And then all you're doing is giving people a reason to buy our console. And then once they buy our console, they buy their microtransactions on our console. And the cycle begins all mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this now, and be it this year or just the general growth pattern, it's so much more clear to me as to why there is an all-digital PlayStation 5 yeah and why microsoft saw it as potential to make an all digital xbox 3c or xbox one that's true
0: I, I am all digital for here on out and i welcome anybody who wants to come
1: with me <laughs> to the future of gaming <laughs> to the
0: future of gaming
1: <laughs> hey as long as retail retail sticks around in some capacity i'm fine i'm sure it will for now yeah i, I mean in general i
0: want, just
1: one of those things do you want a hot pickle wrapped
0: around with, with cotton candy is that what that is? Yeah, that's cotton candy wrapped around a hot pickle. You can thank Hokotu for retweeting that on our timeline.
1: I thought that was cheese because of the color shift of your screen.
0: <laughs> no, that's uh, that's that's somebody who literally took cotton candy wrapped around a hot pickle and been eating it.
1: Well, hey, you know what? If you think that really slaps, and good to go. I don't I don't blame you. But reiterating that but that community's take for this year, or this year, God, this episode, is what did you think of the state of play? Do you think Sony has finally found its footing with it? Or is there something you'd still like to see them do or something that still feels just a little off about their state of place? Uh, so we will see what you guys say on next week's episode, but we'll let Saul go ahead and take us away as he usually does. So you made it to the end. Congratulations. Like the Post Malone song says.
0: You can find us every Monday on YouTube in video form at 12 noon Central Time or 10 a.m. Pacific. You can also find us across all podcast services on the world. If you don't see us on one of those podcast services, let us know. We will go and get on them. Leave us any kind of rating slash reviews that you feel worthy. If you liked us, give us a dislike. No, dang, I did it again. If you like us, give us a like. If you disliked us, give us a dislike. But hey, always tell us why. Even if you like us, just hit that thumbs up and be like, hey, I like these guys. Or hit the dislike and, hey, I hate these guys. And uh, more importantly, if you really, really enjoy our content and you have friends and family that would enjoy it with you, be sure to share it. And if you really, really, really enjoy our content, become a patron where at the end of every single episode, Brett will be doing a live read with your name included. And every three months that you're our patron, you get a custom case Go check those out in our link in the description below because we have all kinds of cool ones. The Hyper Light Drifter is my favorite one. Somebody um, chose it, by the way. So I saw that. <laughs> I think it was Atlas. I think it was Atlas.
1: I think it was Jason. Actually, it was Snow Jedi.
0: Oh, was it? Okay, so, thank you, Mr. Snow Jedi. But, um, but also we have a bevy of social medias. You can find us on Facebook at Triangle Squared at PlayStation Podcast. It's a group. You can find us on Twitter as Triangle S Q R D, and our Discord is linked down below that's how you get into all these cool community take questions as well as our cool community itself. So we appreciate all you guys for listening, Brett, take us off with these amazing Patreon peoples.
1: Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons. I forgot to put Eric McAllister on here again, so shout out to him. Josh Terrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan Luke Bartolomeo. Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Joshua Lago, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, Jason Clendenning, and last but certainly not least, Mr. Tyler B. If you would like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving as little as a dollar per month. Thank you so much.